Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. One of the NFL, and what a brutal start it was for my <laughs> Los Angeles Rams. It couldn't have gone, actually it could have, but it went very well for Ernie and his Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to go ahead and break down week one as it, so far. I mean, we still have Russell Wilson going back to Denver tomorrow, but what a week one it was. But before we get into the NFL, Ernie, I do want to touch a little bit on what happened in NCAA football yesterday. Mm-hmm. You had the number one Alabama Crimson time barely surviving in texas 20 to 19 i my thought is if if they don't knock out quinn errors in the first quarter um they lose that game and it shows as they slipped in the pole but the shocking upsets of the day marshall goes into south bend knocks off notre dame notre dame now drops completely out of the pole mm-hmm. and then even more shocking to me is appalachian state going down into college station and dominating, it was only a 17-14 game, but they held the ball for 41 minutes. Texas A&M only had it for 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for a punt return, it was a domination by Appalachian State in Texas A&M, knocking them off 17-14. Then you have Washington State traveling to uh, Camp Randall in Wisconsin, knocking off Wisconsin 17-14 to drop Wisconsin. It was just craziness craziness in the ncaa except for georgia which dominated lowly samford but they after two games they lost so many players last year off their defense Mm -hmm. and the defense looks just as good this year they're the new number one team your thoughts on the ncaa first second full week of action yeah i mean this just says one thing in my opinion one thing and one thing only College playoff expansion. I mean, anybody, to me, I mean, every the dust will settle, you know, in a shortened season as compared to the NFL as far as the college season is concerned. But to me, th- this, I mean, yes, you have your haves and your have-nots as far as conference conferences go and everything like that. But still, uh, I really don't think there's that big disparity between one and Let's say, look at look, number one versus number or number two versus number twenty-one. Texas is a very good team, but that you know, if this was college playoff, this never happens. This game is non-existent. Well, it's right around the corner. I mean, they agreed to twenty twenty-six. They're trying to move it up as soon as twenty twenty-four. A twelve-team playoff, which is even more ambitious than we had been advocating mm-hmm. for, which is taking it to eight. Um, and I think they've kind of seen because attendance numbers are down. TV ratings are down. I think people are just tired of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, and the same teams. Right. Taking it to 12, those four or five teams may be there. I think I heard on Saturday that since the BCS format in this current format came out in 20, the 2013 or something along those lines, there's only been five teams that have won that have played for a BCS championship. Only five different teams. It's just a combination of them playing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so something needed to happen. So that's going to happen. So NCAA wild week. It looks like Georgia is better than everyone else at this point. My Miami Hurricanes are 2-0. and 
But let's be real, Ernie. The only reason I'm talking NCAA football is to not have to face the fact that the Los Angeles Rams <laughs> got annihilated on Thursday. So let's start there because that was the first game and I've had three days to get my, my frustration out. It was a domination. It was 10-10 at halftime and it didn't even feel that way because no. Buffalo totally controlled the yeah. game. If they didn't stop turning over the ball so often, it would have been even more. Buffalo had four turnovers and still won 31-10. to It was a complete miss match on that particular day no punts for buffalo josh allen other than the one bad interception one was a drop that went into terrell lewis's hands um other than other than that he looked fantastic he's still rushing for 50 something yards and a touchdown threw for three touchdowns from my perspective the rams line looked like chemistry is an issue so far Mm -hmm. you know Whitworth is gone no boom is there Corbett is gone Shelton is there Brian Allen gets hurt he's now out for a month the center so that's going to be a problem uh Allen Robinson one catch for 12 yards it looked like Matt Stafford was only looking for Cooper Cup who still had his 13 catches for 128 yards and an awesome touchdown um but Jalen Ramsey was torched all all night long I mean he was getting torched all night it was it was as if they had just raised the banner were distracted Buffalo clearly was the more motivated ready to play team and it showed 31 to 10 in the first game the Rams will be back but I think it just really clearly stated to me what my fear was and even last week I talked about this it's hard to repeat our schedule is brutal. It's going to be a definite uphill battle for my Rams. Yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like you said. The first half was more competitive. What I saw in the second half was really a tired Rams team. Uh, kind of makes you think about McVay uh, maybe rethinking his his preseason thoughts in regards to uh, playing starters during that time just to get their conditioning up. I mean, when you don't. When, when your last game is in February and you don't even play really, uh, not that they don't play live action, you know, without pad, with pads, but, you know, real uh, opponent stuff uh, that the preseason provides, uh, it's a different speed. I, Aaron Donald, who at least had a sack in the first half, was non-existent in the second half. I can't, uh, you know what? He uh, he he didn't get he didn't get close. Well, you know what was br- Buffalo had a brilliant game plan. I mean, like, and it, but it's not a surprise. And this is where I think the Rams will have to get better at adjusting. Josh Allen was getting the ball out of his hands in two seconds, so there was no chance to get to him really because he's just getting the ball out. But the Rams kept playing zone, so that middle of the field they were six eight yarding us to death. First down, first down, first down. Ten third downs in the day, nine conversions, a 90% conversion rate on third down. You know, so either we got to get to get more pressure on the quarterback, bringing more people, or we got to play tighter. But you can't do both. They can't get the ball out of their hands quickly, and you give them eight yards cushion. And that was what was happening with Jalen Ramsey early on. It was. And then they got him to bite, and they went deep on him, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs. So... Yeah, it was a it was a brutal first game, but you're right, and I think it didn't help that it was a hundred degrees in LA yeah. that day. That's gonna and it's a covered stadium, but it's open, right? So it was hot on the field, and that's gonna wear them out. They're gonna be back. They got the Falcons next week. The Rams are giving eleven next week. They'll they'll bounce back, um, but it is gonna be an uphill battle. However, 
The surprise for me was the 49ers also losing today, going mm-hmm. into Chicago, getting beat by the Bears 19-10. to 10. Kansas City annihilating Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Cardinals lose, and then more than likely Denver will take care of Seattle tomorrow. So the whole NFC West is probably going to start 0-1. So from that perspective, the Rams are not one game behind, as I totally expected yeah, you're tied uh, with, that you're, they would be. Your, your division is tied with the AFC South, no no wins. No wins. <laughs> no wins. That that's gonna change eventually. But let's get into let's get into today's action. Let's start with your Steelers. Um, your initial thoughts. Maybe some major injuries coming out of that game, but they gotta win. Yeah, they gotta win. That's that that's that's well. To me, it's not the main thing. It really depends on you know what the what the final prognosis is for you know Trent Jones. I mean uh, Trent Jones, Watt, T.J. Watt. Uh, reigning defensive player of the year, d- fully dominated that game, uh, along with Minka Fitzpatrick. This is how dominant they were. Uh, Alex Highsmith had three sacks that day and a number of quarterback pressures. He was the third best defensive player that day. The third that day. That's how. That's now. Now uh, Cincinnati did score twenty points. That was a very good 20 points that they scored. That, that defense ball-hopped all day. I think they had seven sacks, uh, four, interse- four interse- interceptions. Uh, they, their goal line defense, when the Cincinnati Bengals got down to the six-inch yard line, netted uh, a turnover on downs after four, after four attempts to, to score. Uh, tremendous, but... On the opposite side, that offensive line, as far as the as far as uh, rushing is concerned, is horrible. Well, I mean, even through overtime, the game went almost to the very end. I think I think total offense wise, Pittsburgh had around two hundred yards of total offense. Two, two fifty included, and that included almost a full overtime. extra period. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think there's still concern on the offensive side. But it is, you know what happened? And, and Cincinnati's going to be kicking themselves because they had an extra point to win the game. Fitzpatrick blocks that and a chippy in overtime. And, and the hero of last year missed badly wide left. But I think it was kind of what we talked about last week in terms of, in terms of Joe Burrow. Um, he was out all preseason with the appendectomy. Didn't have a chance to get in conjunction with his offensive line. There is no way you can expect Joe Burrow is going to throw four interceptions and have a fumble. He single-handedly turned the ball over five, five times five, yeah. today. Five. You know, and even with that, they had a chance to win. Mm-hmm. So if there's a silver line from a Bengals perspective, you know he's not going to be that bad. Yeah. However, they lost T. Higgins uh, you know, early in the game. But they have enough offensive weapons that if they're not turning the ball over five times, it would be probably a different result. But Ernie, tell me about your thoughts on TJ Watt. You know, his potential tearing of his pec muscle, certain to miss some time. Oh, it's a matter of how much time will he miss. Yeah. That would be devastating for I'm, the I mean, I'm crossing my fingers that it's just a partial tear. If it's a full tear, I, I mean, uh, call it a season for him, you know, rest. I mean, there's clamoring out there. Uh, you know, on the chatterboards that, uh, well, he'll be ready by week 12 or maybe sometime during the playoffs. No, uh, don't play around with him. Don't play around with it. Uh, get fully healthy and just cross your fingers when the MRI comes out uh, on Monday that uh, it's a partial tear and he'll, you know, and in that case, hopefully he can be back to one, you know, at least close to 100%, uh, you know, in 
three or four months. But yeah, that's going to be devastating because, again, uh, we saw what his presence, I mean, he had a terrific game, but his presence allowed for Highsmith to have three sacks. His presence allowed for that defense to play the way it did. With Minko Fitzpatrick uh, roaming the backfield, Minko Fitzpatrick had a terrific game. Uh, 14 total tackles, I believe 14 total tackles, uh, an interception, pick six. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, the block field goal in overtime, I mean, he played a terrific game. But, you know, uh, if they had lost this game, they would have been the first team who had a five turnover differential and lost. So I'm glad that they they they, they weren't uh, you know in that category of uh, you know losing when your defense uh, turns over the ball five times. But credit to the offense, at least on the point that they did not turn over anything. I have a feeling that Matt Canada is holding back the reins in regards to Mitch Trubisky. I think they wanted him to play very conservative for the purpose of not turning over the ball. And maybe maybe we'll see in week two, week three uh, that he. Takes a little more shots down the field, but still, that has that has nothing to do with Najee Harris uh, only carrying the ball ten times for twenty three yards, uh, being hit behind the line of scrimmage consistently. You know, uh, I, I shake my head. You know, I blame you because I took Najee Harris in the first round, my top <laughs> running back, because you said the offensive line was going to be better. Uh, and now he's nicked up. I mean, it's bad enough where he didn't come back and, and compete, which for him, you know, hopefully he doesn't miss much time or any time, especially for me. But at the bottom line is, at the end of the day, the Steelers are 1-0, uh, tied with Cleveland and Baltimore at the mm-hmm. top of the AFC North. Uh, and then Cincinnati, whereas I think the Rams were flat and were completely outmanned by a definitely better Buffalo team, I'm not sure Cincinnati was flat I think it's more uh, Burrow's just not ready and playing that defense with that kind of pressure forced uh, five turnovers. And that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers need to, to get a victory. So yeah, exactly. besides our Rams and Steelers games where I'm depressed and, and, and you're ecstatic, um, <laughs> what is the next game that really stood out to you? Well, there were a number of games that uh, kind of came down to the wire. Uh, I mean, you had the uh, Atlanta-New uh, New Orleans game. You know, to me, if uh, little things like this, I mean, uh, Atlanta had had a two point lead. Uh, Marcus Mariota uh, does a run towards the sideline uh, and he doesn't get the first down. He doesn't uh, uh, stop the clock, run out of bounds. Uh, I mean, he runs out of bounds. He doesn't stay in bounds to keep the clock starting. Jameis Winston gets the ball back with a minute left, throws a semi-Hail Mary to the midfield to bring New Orleans into the uh, field goal range. And they, in my opinion, Atlanta gets one uh, stolen from them. Yeah, I mean, I thought Marcus Mariota played better than expected. I thought the Falcons did. I I think the biggest, that, that last part is definitely a, a problem but I think a bigger problem than Marcus did early in the game it was 23 to 10 mm-hmm. and he breaks loose gets a first down running the ball he's inside the five instead of just sliding he'd already gotten the first down he tries to take on the defender who strips the ball mm-hmm. 
That doesn't happen. It's 30 to 10 and it's game over. Instead, they march right down, make it 23 to, to 17 or whatever it was at that point in time. And then the game was a different game going forward. So Marcus has got to be smarter. Yeah. It's, and he's a smart kid, especially with all of his injuries. Get down. Yeah. You had the first down. Get down. The end of the game. Get down. Keep the clock running. I mean, he has to be better than that. But, you know, the Saints, I was a little bit disappointed that the Falcons had him on the ropes. Um, but we'll have to see, you know, in terms of that. We talked, we alluded to the fact that the Bears upset the, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, granted, Trey Lance didn't have a great game, but the weather was brutal in Chicago. I think Chicago had less than 200 yards of total offense, but they did enough. Um, you know, Justin Fields made a couple of plays. Although I believe it was something like 8 of 19 or something, you know, during the game. So mm-hmm. it was not an offensive juggernaut, but they got the job done. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, Ernie, five touchdown passes. Kansas City looked like they could do whatever they wanted. No, they could. And Juju had a good first half, except he kept putting the ball in the turf and mm-hmm. did nothing in the second mm-hmm. half because I think you can't fumble. Andy Reid's not going to take the two fumbles uh, from Juju, but the ball was spread around. And it looked like they're not missing Tyreek Hill at all. No, they're, they're, they're missing Tyreek Hill. What they, what they got on top of this is Mahomes. You can see what Mahomes can do with time. That offensive line, which I thought was going to be vaunted last year, but kind of came up middle of the pack, is clicking on all cylinders. The all-star level individual players that we saw last year who didn't come together as a team, as a cohesive unit, look like today they came as a cohesive unit. I mean, the, he wasn't touched today. I mean, zero sacks, five touchdowns, did it with ease, no Tyree kill, uh, your, your tight end averaging 15 yards per catch, uh, Edwards Hilaire looking like a fantasy steal for whoever drafted Edwards Hilaire. I mean, th- th- they're kicking on all cylinders. I really thought that the defense, uh, the, I'm not sure if it's the defense or the lack of offense coming from uh, the Arizona Cardinals in that particular game, but you know they did their game, which resulted in a blowout. You know, I didn't watch a whole lot of this game, but what I saw, I did not like what I saw from Kyler Murray again. I mean, that same negative yeah. body language. Yeah. Um, not, I wouldn't say pouty, but just that negative body language that exuded from him. He got some late, you know, scores, and the game was completely out of reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but just don't like what I'm seeing from him. I expected him to be happy and jovial, but you are who you are, apparently. And he's got his big contract, but he's not changed his demeanor, and he is not the same without DeAndre Hopkins, and that oh. showed again today. Yeah. And Hopkins is still out for five more games. Um, so the Cardinals, you know, off the fast starts the last two years, certainly not off to a fast start uh, today. Now they play the Raiders next week in Las Vegas, um, and then we'll have to see. Speaking of the Raiders, that was a, a very important game with the Chargers. Chargers jumped out to a big lead. Justin Herbert looked all world in the first half. Very kind of sloppy sludging second half Raiders had some good plays but David Carr ends up with three interceptions Chargers hold on 24 to 19 to me that was the big thing I think it was the three turnovers his cohesiveness with Devontae Adams uh you can tell that they played uh with each other uh, once upon a time it really showed I mean Devontae Adams uh teaming up with Carr was a it was a match made in heaven uh that's what gave them their uh their uh uh, lead. I I actually thought the, a big play of the game was uh, Carr not being able to hit uh, Darren Waller in the end zone. They had to, I mean, 
he was wide open, or he, I want to say wide open, but he was open. And I think uh, a quarterback of car stature makes that pass nine out of ten times. That should have been seven points versus the three that they got. That would have made it a different game. Uh, to me, uh, that's the mystique about the Chargers. You're mentioning Herbert having that great game, yet they're unable to put it away a la the Kansas City Chiefs. Good teams do it that way, a la the Buffalo Bills versus the Rams. Uh, That's what my worry is about the Chargers. Very good team on paper. Uh, They have yet to tell me, show me at least that, uh, I mean, they got the win, but, you know, they need to take that. They got, when you smell blood, you gotta, you gotta take it to them. You gotta take it to them. They, it's 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 week one. I may be overreacting in regards to Chargers play, but I'm just going based upon what they showed me last year. Congratulations to the Chargers, though they got the win. On top of that, what were your feelings in regards to Baker Mayfield and the Browns? Well, I thought that was a good game. I mean, at the end of the day, the Browns hit a last-second field goal after Baker brings them all the way back to take a lead with uh, about a minute left. Right. The Browns come down. Rookie kicker York hits a 58-yarder yeah. uh, to to win the game. Um, but typical. Clean- than fashion behind hunt behind chubb they get out into a lead give baker credit though he did bring them back they were down pretty big and he brought them back completing some passes getting getting them into the end zone taking the lead uh at the very end but same result you know same result same result finds a way to win uh baker baker loses but uh kind of what we expected you know we were talking about this last week when we're going through it probably a last second field goal one way or the other, and that's exactly what Tampa happened. It came out like that. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm just glad that it happened the way. I mean, I don't cheer for the Browns in any form or fashion, but I just don't like Baker Mayfield more than I don't like the Browns. I'm glad it happened that way. A game that happened in similar fashion was the Titans versus the Giants. The Titans take that, take that lead. Uh, the Giants just come back. Behind Saquon Barkley, 100, I, over 160 yards rushing, uh, two big rushes uh, to, uh, you know, break open that game. A lot of big plays, big splash, splash plays for the Giants. That what That's what brings them to a 2021 victory uh, going into uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So congratulations to the Giants. I actually thought the Titans would get a double-digit win on top of them well the Giants played played resilient football and then Brian Dable shows that different kind of aggressive mentality they they you know they score to make it a 20 to 19 game instead of kicking the extra point and going to overtime nope they go for two to try to win it they take the 21 20 lead Mm -hmm. however the Titans drive right back down and Bullock, who's hit so many game-winning field goals, this time Shank. misses it, and the Giants survive to win. So, Ernie, how many times have I referred to the NFC East as the NFC least? Yeah. Um, but you had Philadelphia in a shootout. They were in control for most of the game, but like all last year, Detroit makes it close. Yeah. 38-35 Philadelphia, they win. The Washington Commanders... Um, they're up big, then they're trailing, and then Wentz gets hot late, uh, and they win. And then we talked about the Giants win. Three teams that are 1-0. and Unfortunately, just concluded Tampa Bay beats Dallas 19-3. to The bigger news, Ernie, is that 
Dak is hurt, mm-hmm. needs surgery on his thumb, and is now out indefinitely. What looked to be a possibly down year for the Cowboys just got exponentially worse. Well, I had actually the Cowboys having a winning record this year. Uh, I renege on that uh, on that support. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if 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 they if they get past six wins, that's going to be a miracle for them. I, I didn't see anything spectacular, you know, coming from C. D. Lamb. I expected him to. Uh, you know, really uh, have a big game today. And instead, I saw uh, no separation from the defensive backs, albeit uh, Dak Prescott wasn't on his best accuracy for the day. Uh, boy, the, the only guy who really shined was, uh, was, was on defense. You know, I, I think uh, Michael, Michael Parsons, Parsons, who had, had two sacks, sacks today, was... Was really the only thing a Dallas fan could really cheer for today. It was very disappointing. I think Dallas has to be really disappointed because even before Dak got hurt, they they were not doing anything. Their first drive, they were running the ball decently, but Dak is still Dak. You know, without Amari Cooper, he is not as accurate as you think he should be. I mean, he was missing people. C.D. Lamb dropped one, but the one that he dropped was kind of behind him. If Dak puts it where it's supposed to be on, a, on an eight-yard slant, that's an easy one. The ball's behind. It's a tough catch, um, but Dallas is in trouble. I mean, they were already in trouble, but now you lose your leader, the glue that kind of keeps them together. Even when he's not playing up to his... Uh, ability. He's still an amazing uh, leader that keeps the team together. Michael Parsons, in his second year at 23 years old, is going to have to lead that team. Yeah. So we'll see what it is that, that comes out of that. But Dallas in last place already behind Washington, the Giants, and the Eagles in that division. Now, Ernie, the game of the day, at least as Fox called it was the Green Bay Packers going to the Minnesota Vikings gang if you remember I had the Vikings plus one and a half I looked like a genius in that game as they (laughs) controlled the game the entire way and it's kind of what we expected that that the Packers offense is going to struggle early on as he gets used to to these players they practically did nothing they ran the ball a little bit to get their one score um, Minnesota, Justin Jefferson looks incredible. In fact, the four guys that we talked about in the wide receiver, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, all brilliant oh yeah, all in, their, in their first game. I think all of them had double-digit catches. Double-digit catches well into the hundreds uh, in yards. yards all yeah. had a touchdown at least. Um, they had incredible starts, and Justin Jefferson looks, looked amazing. The Vikings, 23-7 over the Packers. The second consecutive year that the Packers lay a stinker in Game 1. Last year, they rebounded to go 13-4. and four. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see that happening this year. <laughs> yeah. Offensively, it looks like it's going to be a struggle. Alan Lazard missed the game, so it was all these young guys, which is part of the problem. I expect them to get better. But, man, they didn't look good at all. They so, didn't look good. And the Vikings look. did. Now, yeah. granted, it is week one, but the Vikings prevail over the Packers 23-7. to Yeah, Kurt Cousins looks like he's, uh, you know, playing very well, very confident. Boy, totally different from when, from the at least even just the facial expressions coming from uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, uh, not only was he pouting and uh, disgusted looking, the guy looks 
The guy looks older than Tom Brady. Well, he's like, oh, because Tom Brady's hair still looks good. <laughs> Aaron is turning gray, but at least Aaron cut his hair. So he looks a little bit more more refined, but, but yeah. it did not show on the field today. Yeah, but if you're a Packer fan, I mean, uh, hang on tight. I mean, this is this might be... Uh, this might be a long season, and with uh, Aaron Rodgers in his twilight, uh, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe it would have been better uh, if there was a trade this past offseason, but we shall see. Now, the last game that I want to talk about, especially because we're Hawaii boys and we love Tua Tonga-Vailoa and we're hoping for the best for him, and Tyree Kill's first game with the Miami Dolphins, they do control the game and win pretty easily, 20-7 to seven over, over the, the Patriots. Tua statistically 23 for 32, 270 yards. Had a decent game. Um, their defense played well. Melvin Agram scores on a scoop and score. Um, the Patriots look terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, the first drive, they went right down the field only to throw an interception in the end zone. After that, it was it was not pretty for the Patriots. And then Mac Jones hurts his back. We'll have to see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a good start for the new Miami Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tua and his new weapon in Tyreek Hill, you know, off to a, a decent start. Uh, but I was very surprised in regards to the Dolphins' defense and how they were. I mean, I don't know if it's a pro- byproduct of the Patriots having an inept offense or whatnot, but I still saw... Uh, shades of last year's defense when they finished off the year uh, as one of the at least record wise one of the better teams mm-hmm. in the second half of the season now they're clicking on all cylinders so if that offense the way they've improved it uh, via personnel combined with the defense of last year uh, this might be this might not be a surprise I mean the Patriots I still believe uh, a Bill Belichick coach Patriots I, I still find it hard to believe that they're going to be a bottom seller dweller so, but this score that the it might just be that the this Dolphins team is just that good. I believe in their defense. I mean, their defense has been strong the last couple of years. The problem right. has been offensively. You bring in an offensive coach and some weapons. Um, but to the Patriots' point, to your point, the Patriots, as efficient as they were on the surface, and Tyreek Hill had a pretty good game, nine catches, just under hundred yards. Waddle had a long touchdown, mm-hmm. um, and and they were able to run. They still only scored twenty points, yeah. so it's not like the Patriots gave up a ton of points. With the Patriots, is going to be can they score, and, and and how much can they score? Um, but that Dolphin defense, they're for real. I mean, they're front. You know, you have you have Christian Wilkinson, you have Ogba, you have Raquan Davis. Their linebackers are solid and young. Their secondary is really strong. Mm-hmm. You know, Javon Holland looks like he's the real deal captain in his second year. I think the Dolphins look pretty well. They almost made my top five, Ernie, but we're going to get to that. They didn't quite make it, but they almost made it. Ravens rolled over the Jets. You were right there. I thought the Jets could backdoor them. Didn't happen. No. Lamar throws for three touchdowns. Ernie, one quick thing on, on Lamar Jackson. I read just before we recorded today that he turned down more money right before the season yep. a six-year, two hundred and ninety million dollar contract, forty-eight million dollars a year. Uh, with 160 to 180 million dollars guaranteed, and he turned that down. If that report is accurate, I can't imagine he expects that he's going to get more than that. I mean, imagine Ernie turning down 180 million dollars guaranteed. It's crazy yeah. for a running quarterback. I mean, hire a real person to represent you, Lamar. 
let your mommy love you, <laughs> but don't let your mommy represent you. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 mind-boggling. It is. I mean, if I, that's true, I can't. I can't. Fa- I, if it's not true, it's going to be close. I can almost guarantee you that. I mean, I know that they put out a big number. I mean, that was the rumblings throughout the whole off season that they they wanted him back and why not? I think the whole thing comes down to guaranteed money and the way that he plays his game, which has always has been, you know, the running aspect is the part that deters a team like the Baltimore Ravens from doing anything large and long term. So, I mean, if he was a straight drop back quarterback with, uh, you know, uh, a majority of his, of his offensive line under contract for so many years, then yeah, okay, let, let's play the percentages. But just the way that he plays out there, I mean, it already showed from last season. He got injured. That Absolutely. can happen. And now we're playing an extra game uh, uh, again. I, I mean, you're going to pay him that, and then he does a, I mean, nothing against Dak Prescott, but... How, he, if he did a Dak Prescott, then where is that money going? I mean, you yeah, I just find, I mean, right now the Ravens have the leverage. I mean, he's playing this year on, on the twenty-three million. They can franchise him for two more years. Yeah. you know, so even if they have to pay top five quarterback salary for each of those years, that's still two years at around ninety-five million. Whereas he's guaranteed one hundred and eighty million right now. I, I I don't understand it, but maybe he does. He's betting on himself, and and I, and I wish you all the best, Lamar. So, recapping right now, you have the Bills and the Dolphins at two at one and zero oh in the East. You have in the in the North, you have your Steelers, the Ravens, and the Browns at one and zero oh. in the South. Everyone is losing, so they're all zero and one, similar to the A- NFC West. And then in the AFC West, you have the Chiefs and the Chargers at 1-0. Denver hasn't played yet. In the NFC, again, we talked about the NFC East. Three 1-0 teams and the Cowboys at 0-1. In the North, you have the Bears and the Vikings at 1-0. In the South, you have Tampa and New Orleans at uh, at 1-0. And then in the West, again, they've all lost. So that's where we stand right now in the nfl after week one yeah week one week one is unreal i mean you're gonna have all your knee-jerk reactions so let's you know let's let's trade Najee. Uh, you know let's uh you know who knows that oh not now that uh mahomes had five touchdowns that he's gonna be mvp for the year uh, that could well come into play but it's 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 one week folks let's let's I'll remember that. I, I'd start making long-term predictions after week three. Yeah, I, yeah, it's definitely we, only one week, and and I I hope so. <laughs> I hope my Rams rebound. Um, so, gang, we last week we went through our top five, and we also gave you our two best bets. We're gonna do that again. We're gonna start right now with our top five. Ernie, I'll go first because okay. my top five is completely different. Gang, if you remember last week, I had Buffalo one, Rams two, Niners three, Cincy four, Tampa Bay five. Obviously, the Rams, the 49ers, and Cincinnati all lost uh, in the Rams and 49ers cases, bad losses. So they're out. For me, it's clear the Bills are the best team in the NFL. They are so well-rounded. Josh Allen looks like an MVP. Their offensive line was strong. They ran the ball better. Stephon Diggs is a is a top five caliber wide receiver. Their defensive line is deep and aggressive. Their safeties are the best in the league. They really don't have a whole lot of weaknesses. Bills clearly number one. Chiefs, 
behind that offensive line that you elaborated about for me they come in at number two that's an impressive win to go down into phoenix uh, and knock off the arizona cardinals convincingly mahomes looks good but it's all about that offensive line mahomes is always going to be good but if you give him time then he's going to be able to pick people apart i have the chargers at number three i believe in their talent i think the second half today was a little bit sloppy like you alluded to they still give me pause but because of their inability to close out games but that justin herbert looks to be just amazing and from a talent perspective the chargers are loaded i have tampa bay i keep them at number four they went in different team this year ernie i mean different team when was the last time tampa bay with tom brady ran the ball 33 times and threw it only 27 times i didn't know what i was watching then i had to be reminded that bruce arians isn't there anymore and a conservative defensive coach todd bowles is so whether this is just a matter of game plan against the cowboys thinking that they could run it down their throat or it's a preserved tom brady type thing it is a different ball game 19 to 3 unfortunately i drafted tom brady high in my fantasy draft (laughs) counting on last year's production i'm gonna have to have a contingency plan but i have tampa bay at four ravens rounded out for me at five could have been miami could have been minnesota could have been denver but i can't put denver in there they haven't played yet but that's my top five bills chiefs chargers tampa and baltimore okay oh close at least the first two are similar to mine I, i i like buffalo Barely over, barely over the Chiefs. I mean, I, and for everything you said, their offense is is, is great. Their defensive is, is great. I, I the Chiefs though, the Chiefs. If that offensive line stays committed throughout the year and they produce the way they played uh, versus the Arizona Cardinals, uh, I might switch them to number one as early as as next next week. Given that both teams continue continue to win uh, but right now we're going to stand with buffalo taking that number one spot only because of the fact that they beat the defending super bowl champions in the rams okay number three spot i'm putting minnesota in there i just like how how they do it i mean uh, really from a national standpoint uh, not many people are are really looking their way uh, but they've got weapons on that team. They have a very underrated defense. Uh, right now, to me, the way that they took and handled Green Bay, uh, and Aaron Rodgers led Green Bay and made him look so defeated. I have them as my number three team right now. I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens as my number four uh, just because of the fact that, you know, they got every, not everybody, but most of those injured players from last year back. And uh, right now, they've proven it in week one, the way they, they handled, even though it was the Jets, the Jets, the Jets, uh, they did what they had to do in, in, in that form and fashion. And again, I would have had the Lakers, I mean the Lakers, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers up a little higher, except for the fact that, you know, like what you said, they didn't, you know, they didn't close it out in the, the fashion that I like uh, them to do. I think they're a very talented team. Like you said, very good individual pieces, both on offense and defense with them. But right now I have them as my number five. So Bills over the Chiefs, barely. Then the Vikings, Baltimore. the Ravens, 
and the, and the Chargers. Chargers. Okay, so very, very similar top fives. Again, just slightly different orders. I have Tampa Bay. You have Minnesota mm-hmm. uh, in that lineup. And then we'll see. We'll see if there's this much dramatic change. And there will be. I mean, I think there there will be changes. I mean, things are going to happen from a week-to-week basis. Um, certainly, we undersold... Well, we had both had the Bills, but they were very convincing, and I definitely had the Rams a little <laughs> bit too hard. So uh, that's it, gang. That's that's what our top five is. So let's get into our picks because Ernie went one and one. You yep. know, he had the Dolphins' resounding victory over the Patriots. That was a clear one, and then he really blew it on that Ram one now right. on Thursday. <laughs> but he what was, was going with, he, was, he was going with the analytics. He was be at all these stats that he was rattling off. All of those things are out the window now. The first time that the Rams are under 500 in Sean McVay's six-year coaching career. Um, but one and one is not a bad start for me. I had the the Vikings plus the one and a half. That was an easy victory. And then I have tomorrow night's game with the Denver Broncos going into Seattle, laying the six and a half. So I still have a chance to go two and zero oh at a minimum. At least I break even at one and one. What are your two picks for next week, Ernie? Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, my first pick is gonna be uh, Minnesota going into Philadelphia. Both teams are one and all right now. I just don't like how Philadelphia's defense, who is supposed to be a little bit, I thought, a little bit more stout, uh, handled uh, their opponent today. They did score a lot of points, uh, but. To me, when you're going to be playing the Minnesota Vikings, you're going to have to stop Kirk Cousins and all his weapons. I don't think that the Philadelphia Eagles can do it. I think that if this goes into a shootout, I think advantage to to Minnesota from that standpoint. I like both defenses on top of this. Minnesota, Philadelphia is laying three at home, which means that uh, uh, they're pricked it. Pr- that at least from the betting standpoint that they're even teams i don't think they're even teams i like minnesota in this one take them plus the three in my second game uh i have chicago going down to the tundra in green bay over there i really think and i don't see how this line can be so hard when the Green Bay Packers only scored 10 points today and they're nine and a half point favorites. <laughs> seven <laughs> points. They only scored seven yeah, points. That's, that, that, that's, that's crazy. And, 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 and they're spotting them nine and a half in this game. I really believe that the Green Bay Packers will bounce back. I, I, I trust in the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. I just don't trust in the greatness of all those that surround Aaron Rodgers. I really like how Justin Fields played today. I thought he played a little bit risky, uh, but I like their defense. I think their defense is underrated. Uh, they played very. They showed me that they're a very competitive team as far as Chicago is concerned. I like them a lot. I I like them to maybe even upset Green Bay. And winning this outright. Take Chicago plus the nine and a half. See, Ernie loves his underdogs. He had two underdogs this week. He's going back with two underdogs next week, which is which is which is great. Um, I, on the other hand, I'm gonna go <laughs> with a favorite. So so gang, I'm gonna I, I have three picks. I'm gonna get I, I have one clear one and two others, and I and I'll get to explain why in a, in a bit. My first pick is the 49ers minus eight and a half over the Seahawks. The Seahawks haven't even played yet. I went against them this week. <laughs> I'm going against them next week. And ordinarily, I wouldn't pick it against a team that hasn't even played yet. 
But the fact that San Francisco lost today True. makes that even more likely that they're not going to take Seattle for granted next week, regardless of what happens in the Monday night football game. I like San Francisco to roll next week uh, you know, and hold the Seattle Seahawks to less than seven points. Their defense dominated the Bears today. There were some costly things that allowed the Bears to score. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, they had way less than 200 yards of offense for the Bears. And I think the Seahawks are even worse. Oh, definitely. Uh, are even worse than that. So I have the C- the 49ers laying eight and a half over the Seahawks. My second pick is the Steelers plus one at home against the Patriots. I can't see that. You know, I, I that they're underdogs? No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How, how is that? I, I, don't, I don't understand how that's possible. And this was the case before today's games, and it's still the case after today's games. Here's the reason why I'm going to give you a bonus pick. The fact that Mac Jones' back is an issue Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't play. Still the unknown about TJ Watt. Still an unknown about Najee Harris. Right now, I have a feeling that that game, the line might get pulled off uh, at some point during the week. But if everyone plays, well, not TJ Watt, but if Najee plays and Mac Jones plays, I still have the Steelers in a very low scoring game. I still think they find a way to cover this spread and to win the game. So the Steelers plus one would be my second pick in the event that that game becomes unavailable. I like the Las Vegas Raiders. The line went from two and a half before the game to three and a half. Now they're laying three and a half points at home against Las Vegas. The Arizona Cardinals did not look well today. And I don't think there's too much that changes between this week and next week because Hopkins is still out. Watt is still going to be banged up. Rondell Moore is still going to be banged up. Plus the Vegas Raiders lost. And in that division, they know they can't start the season at 0-2. They just can't because that that division will get out of hand too quickly. So I like the Raiders minus 3.5 over Arizona as a bonus pick in the event that the Steelers plus 1 is not available. Okay. And you know, being that this, this is something that we're actually going head-to-head with, that way you don't get an extra game up on me in case we tie by next week. I'll, I'll put in a, a game three. Just okay. call my bonus pick number two then. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have uh, the Atlanta Falcons going down to your Los Angeles Rams stadium and, I le- and take the 11 and a half. I went with the Rams last week. I learned my lesson. Take Atlanta. <laughs> so he's going to go. See, and, and you know what? I, on the surface, I would think so. But the Rams have got to be humiliated. They'll have 10 days to get ready for this game. Um, but 11 and a half is a lot of points. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. And they're going to have a new center, a new offensive line on top of last week. Um, I believe in Marcus. Yeah. Here's, here, here, here's the thing Marcus has in common with both uh, Herbert and Mahomes. He wasn't sacked. He wasn't sacked today. Marcus Mariota had 72 rushing yards. Maybe he should have gone down a little bit earlier because of the fumble and whatnot. The guy is elusive. I I, I think they're going to have... I think he plays a little bit like uh, Josh Allen. And I, I, I just don't see the Rams uh, stop it. Maybe they... Maybe... Uh, yeah, maybe they'll 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 at some point in the game. I believe they'll have a double digit lead, but I think at, when the the clock says zero, I think it's going to be within the eleven and a half. You know, for for again, Marcus Mariota, another Hawaii boy that we are very fond of. The only thing that I hope doesn't happen next week is Aaron Donald getting a hold of him. 
because that boy is fragile and fragile meat Aaron Donald does not end well. So hopefully he is elusive, um, but the Rams have to get the W. The Falcons can cover as long as the Rams come out on top. So that is our picks. Again, it's the 49ers and Steelers for me uh, with the Raiders as the bonus pick for Ernie. It's Minnesota plus three, Chicago plus nine and a half, and Atlanta plus 11 and a half. Three dogs for Ernie. So Ernie, why don't we go into your closing thought? Okay, well, this being 9-11, I'd like to uh, have remembrance what happened in 2001 on this very day. Uh, A very... One of the most emotional days in my period, one of the most emotional weeks in my period. And I like to, at, at that point, sports basically stopped. I mean, we didn't have football that week. Major League Baseball stopped. Uh, everything stopped. Uh, uh, and it was, it, it, there was no complaints on my behalf. I mean, my mind was basically on, on New York and everybody involved in that uh, attack on the Twin Towers over there. Uh, and that you know, expands this week, you know, with the passing of uh, Her Majesty Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, games were stopped in, in, uh, in England. Uh, you know, the Premier League was postponed. Uh, a golf tournament, the BMW Championships was suspended. Uh, and I believe there's going to be, uh, you know, other postponements uh, or, sus- or suspended games uh, uh, leading up to uh, her burial. And uh, this is nothing where I say it should be, it should be, uh, uh, it should happen or it should not happen. It really depends on uh, how you look at it as your own nation. I am not one pretending to know how important Queen Elizabeth was uh, to her people in England. I do know that she was uh, a very well-liked monarch. Uh, She was not a a head of state Times have changed. Parliament uh, now runs uh, that aspect uh, for her. So it's not like the president of the United States passing on. Uh, But she was very well loved. Whether you like it or not in regards to how the royal family in England uh, handles themselves as far as, uh, you know, the antics that happen out there. We won't go into any of them. Uh, Queen Elizabeth herself was someone who was at least had a positive vibe from my understanding of the situation. Uh, so my heartfelt thoughts go out to, uh, you know, the country of England, Queen Elizabeth and her family, and those who admired her. And I believe uh, if it was anything, how it felt when 9-11 happened 21 years ago, uh, I can only imagine because I was devastated. I mean, I didn't even want to, I, I, I remember waking up, uh, at four o'clock in the morning, not four o'clock in the morning, um, maybe about five thirty in the morning or five o'clock in the morning, well, well, whatever it be, and listening to the radio, hearing over and over for at least an hour and a half uh, about the plane hitting, and then the second tower being hit, and at that point, I, it was it was surreal because I didn't feel sad. I, I wasn't like a the sadness really didn't hit me until maybe a day after and it continues the day after that and the, the day after that I mean I, I I didn't know any of these people you know all I knew is it was that it happened but it, you know it it 
it created a hole in my heart. That whole situation created a hole in my heart. And sports was put in perspective that week. And I can't remember if it even lasted a week after. All I know is on the anniversary dates years after that, it's still, uh, it's, it was still there. The memory was still there. The hurt was still there. Uh, so as far as sports is something that uh, takes us away from reality. Uh, and there comes a time where you do not ignore the reality or you, you, you don't want to, uh, you know, not recognize the reality. It, to me, it's, that's the part of healing. You put it aside like how I did in the, uh, on day one of 9-11, and all it does, it builds up until the next days thereafter. You, you, you have to truly absorb what has happened and then be ready to let it go. Then sports can actually heal you. You know, you get involved in sports. And that's what it is. It's basically, it's basically a pastime. So my, basically what I'm saying is my thought in regards to these world events, these traumatic world events, and, and, and how they happen, you know, with 9-11 on its anniversary day, with uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, passing away uh, three days ago from the, the time that we recorded this podcast, how that's all put in perspective and how it's there to help heal us because without sports during that time without the nfl only taking a week off it brought back a sense of normalcy to me you know when it stopped and all we had to think about was basically what happened you know how are we going to react and whatnot uh what sports basically did was at least for the time that it was on that i paid close attention to it following the teams following the base the basic leagues that were out there, uh, even with baseball and whatnot, going into postseason, was it allowed me to, again, get that sense of normalcy back, put a little bit healing, and move on from the events that happened. So basically, with, those, with these things happening today, that's what I wanted to basically reflect on. How I felt during those times, how the people of England felt during, the, uh, during this time in their, in their stage of, of mourning. And it, folks, no matter what's going to ha happen, it's going to happen in the future. I'm just glad that sports is a byproduct that we can look forward to to help in that healing process. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, back when 9-11 happened, I think just the, the whole World Series and the Yankees being a part of it, mm. uh, and, then the, and then the Mets playing the first game, coming back, and then the NFL. But just generally, you're right. I mean, when catastrophic events happen, it puts perspective in that as important as sports is, it's still a game, right. essentially. It's a business. It's a game. When you compare that to 9-11, uh, 21 years ago or in England because the queen to them is is somebody that is revered yes. and that's something that's that's catastrophic and even something that's not necessarily a world tragedy but what we all experienced two years ago with COVID everything stopped all sports stopped and then eventually baseball I mean basketball came back on and baseball came back on albeit with nobody there and then the whole football season was played essentially with no one there mm -hmm. but that definitely was part of the healing process of bringing some normalcy and more importantly bringing a distraction to allow people to look forward to something and take their mind off of negative things or bad world events so sports does play a role like everything else however realistically it's secondary to what really is important in the world which is 
family, friends, healing, and all, all of those types of things. But you're absolutely right, Ernie, especially today, 21-year anniversary of 9-11, a day that, you know, Pearl Harbor lives in infamy. And I think for those of us that are our age, mm-hmm. 9-11 is certainly going to be a day that lives in infamy for us oh, as well. Yeah, we'll definitely. never forget what happened when we woke up. I'll certainly never forget how I was watching the towers come down uh, and then the second one come down and just the utter disbelief of watching that and then later finding out that so many of our first responders perished Mm -hmm. in the towers trying to save people and hundreds and hundreds of them perished that day so our hearts go out to their family i can only imagine that every 9-11 it brings all these memories back and to all the so many people that have helped with the recovery after that now have cancer because of all oh, yeah. the ashes. You know, there, there's things that, that, that carry forward. Our hearts and prayers are with you. The people of England, our hearts and prayers are with you and the royal family as they transition from Queen Elizabeth to King Charles and they eventually layer the rest in the next two weeks. So great topic, Ernie. It's, it's, uh, it's, we talk all these sports and at the end of the show, we reflect uh, on on major events and major things that that have an impact. So, anything else you want to cover? I'm good. For me, it's uh, the the Dodgers are the first team to clinch a playoff. <laughs> They're 96 and 43. They're 53 games above 500. But I am still terrified that they're the third best team in the National League when it comes to a playoff format. Yeah. I am still terrified of the Mets and terrified of the Braves and the Cardinals with Albert Pujols now with 690 seven home runs 18 home runs so far this year we'll talk a little bit more baseball as the season winds down in the next couple of weeks but it was all about week one of the nfl yeah just uh, at least i've had three days to recover so far because my <laughs> game happened on thursday happy for ernie and his Steelers today hopefully the best works out for Najee harris and tj watt hopefully my Rams will bounce back next week and we'll have a pep in my step. And I hope Ernie is wrong on his bonus pick plus 11 for the Falcons. But gang, check us out on social media. Tell us what you think. Share our thoughts about our top five, our picks, what your favorite team did this week, what you're concerned about. If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, is the season over for you already after week one? And I know there are a ton of Dallas Cowboy fans out there. Raider fans, are you going to bounce back? Dolphin fans, is two of the real deal with that? Patriot fans, are you going to be picking a quarterback at the top of the draft next year after you go 0-17? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But again, check us out on social media, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. And until next week, gang, the Sports Rivals are out. joining us on the sports rivals podcast check us out on social media at sports rivals podcasts on instagram and at sports rivals pod on twitter where you can share topics you'd like to hear